Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Hey, thank you so much. Come on, y'all give it up for Carrie and the worship team. If there's ever a dream team, they are it. Yeah. Love you guys. I'm so thankful for each and every single one of you who uh, pour your heart and soul into um, our lives in this ministry. Hey, well, it's so good to be here today. Um, I'm so glad that you guys are here with me, and uh, I'm, I'm so excited to be talking to you guys about this series. Um, it's definitely something that's very near and dear to our heart, and for those of you who um, are new or, you know, you, you didn't catch last week, Pieces is... Um, a series that we're doing talking about the different pieces of our ministry, why we do what we do, and, and um, what they are. So uh, last week we talked about the piece of our ministry that we, uh, we do each and every week and each and every day, and it's called prayer. And if you missed it, um, basically what we were talking about is that prayer is a conversation that uh, takes place between you and your Heavenly Father, not just God, but when you pray, or excuse me, I mean to say, and when you pray, uh, you invite him into whatever you're praying about. And so I really encourage you guys to continue that. Allow him to have something to say over everything that you pray about and, and let him hear what you have to say no matter what it is because he, he, can, he can handle it. Next week, we are going to be diving back into that topic called prayer, that piece of our ministry, and, and that it, it certainly is something that happens every day within your life I, because I believe God has so much more that he wants to talk to us about that peace. Um, and certainly I think that you will all agree with that, 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 you know, we could, we could talk for a long time. There's a lot to be said about prayer, so you will not want to miss next week. But today I want to talk to you about, um, something that is probably one of the most important pieces of our ministry and is so very near and dear to, to my heart and so many others, um, that are here and that are part of this ministry called Gather Groups. If you're, um, titling this message, it's going to be titled Gather Groups because that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and it is, of course, within the context of pieces for a series. Um, so let's, let's pray uh, before we go any further this morning. Father, we thank you so much for um, you, you as a, a whole. There's three of you, but you're, you're one, and you're amazing. I, we don't understand the way that you work, but we give you permission to work. Come on, can you just raise your hand? Can you yield to the Spirit today? We give you permission, Holy Spirit. You can, you can invade us. You can, uh, you can rearrange us. We, we actually ask and, and need you to do that because we need your life. We cannot do this alone. And so we thank you for it in advance that we're going to leave different. And everybody who believed that said amen. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I was saying, gather groups are something that are very near and dear to uh, mine and Caitlin's hearts um, because we believe so deeply in doing life together. Uh, somebody say lifers fam, hello. And um, we get this terminology really from uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 46 where it talks about how they, they gather together or um, they continue together in one heart and mind um, in the temple or in 21st century lingo, the church. And then um, from house to house, which obviously translates from house to house, because um, all people's lives, they've lived in houses to houses. And so um, community, doing life together in community is always the end goal. And I'm, I'm jumping kind of like way to the end of this message. But uh, hey, if you're new to this thing called Christianity, if you are thinking about jumping on board and, and trying this out about being a believer... Um, well, first off, you can't really try it out. It's either all in or all out. And then uh, you should know that uh, you are destined to do life together with other people. And I hope that's really good news. But let's face it, the reality is sometimes people don't like other people because they're mean. And so you, you kind of are like, Ooh, I'm hesitant to sign up for this thing called being a believer. Um, but don't worry. I'll, I'll give you some. There's some really good news alongside of this because Jesus loves you so much. Um, so within the context of gather groups, we have a few things that are very straightforward and really simple. And if you have, um, it's okay, just turn it on silent. Uh, if you have uh, your Bible with you, you should open it up and turn it to uh, Acts chapter 2. And uh, we're in verse 41, and it says, Then those, I will wait for you guys to get there, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. 
If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. We're going to put it up on the screen for you. It says that those who received his word were what? They were baptized, and that day they were added about 3,000 souls, and they were continually devoting themselves to four things. And if you're taking notes, these are four things that we're always going to include, not just in gather groups, but on Sunday morning, because we believe so deeply in what the Bible has to say. How many of you guys believe that God's word is final, that it's truth, that it's life-giving, that it's, it's the way to eternal life? Come on, when you know this, you get life. Yeah, it's exciting. I love it. And so um, these four things, these are really simple, but sometimes we can overcomplicate them and we can make them into something that they're not. But we're just going to try and hold true to, to this message that, um, number one, it's going to be, um, there's some different ways to say it, but more or less it has to do with um, carefully examining what the scriptures teach us about who we are called to be and, how, and um, what we are called to do. Uh, and so when it says devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching or the apostles' doctrine, other, other translations will teach you, uh, it, it's talking about how, um, uh, or it's talking about how Jesus gave his life as a ransom for many, how he, he was a sacrifice. He gave his life, he, he died, and then was resurrected. He, was, he rose again. And that really was the basis, the foundation for why the apostles were who they were, and why they could do what they do because they believed in resurrection power. And this was something that was, um, they gave their life for, ultimately, Many of, most of them. Most of them gave their life for this truth. And so if, if you're new to what it means to being a Christian, that is at the very core of what Christianity is about. The fact that Jesus was the Son of God, that he gave his life for us, and that he rose again from the grave. And now we follow him as Lord of our life. And, and that was their confession of faith. That's what they built their ministry around. And so when it talks about being devoted to the apostles' doctrine, something that I want to try and always help us do as a body of believers is understand the, the power of this. I love what Paul says in Corinthians that I, I refuse to know anything. When I came to you, he says it this way, and I'm, I'm very loosely paraphrasing, but he says, when I came to you, I was determined to know Christ and him crucified. And my friends, that is, that is, that's what it's all about. It, it, we cannot make this about anything other than, than that, except that it is about our Lord and him crucified and then being raised to life. And I, and I love the, the beauty of that uh, because Jesus died for you and me. And there's just, there's so much, so much grace and, and goodness on, on that piece. And then number two is this. So number one was uh, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching or doctrine. Number two is fellowship. Um, it's fellowship, not just um, like house parties, not just like getting together, but it's, it's fellowship of people who are like-minded. So we've all together decided that we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? We, we've all crossed that bridge and decided that we're going to follow the master, that we're not going to follow our own way. And so in, together from that, that place, that one heart and one mind, now we're going to get to know each other. Now we're going to begin to exchange names and information and try to help um, be friends to other people who have decided and made the same declaration. Y'all following okay? This make, it's pretty easy to make sense of, right? It's very simple. This is what, this is what church and gather groups surround and then the, the next one is the breaking of bread. Now, number one, this, this means communion. So they, they took communions together regularly because Jesus commanded, and if you're, if you're maybe you don't you're familiar with this, you're not familiar with this, taking communion is a commandment to those who would say, I'm a believer. So do I have any believers in the house today? Wave your hands at me. Yeah. So the, the news for, for us is that we take communion, but not just on our own. Please, by all means, go ahead, take communion, and you, you partake of that, that beautiful thing um, that we can do as, as an individual, but also we do it as a family, and it's why. It's one of the reasons why we do it every last week of the month, because we believe deeply in, in the command of God's word to do this and often as in remembrance of me, Jesus said. And, and he said, you do this, you proclaim my death until I come again. And Jesus is coming again. And he's coming for, for, for you and I, those who, who are of one heart and one mind, a, a glorious church, a spotless bride. And I believe we're well on our way there. Number two, it definitely does mean food, eating together. And, and you'll, you'll, um, you'll, something that's so important to being 
a friend to other people is sharing meals together. And Jesus so meant for us to be a family and, and friends together. And so eating together, sharing meals together with other believers is so important because when you're sitting around a table, you're not thinking about, you know, I know obviously sometimes, you know, there's hard conversations that are held around meals, but generally speaking, it's a time of thanksgiving. It's a time of, of gratitude, of enjoying what's taking place. And, and it's just like, hey, you know what? Right now, we're not starving. Right now, you know, we're, we're, eating, we're eating something good. I don't, I don't know what you like to eat, but in, invite other people into your circle and, you know, share, share some meals with them. So number three, it's, it's communion and, you know, actually eating together. And the last one, the fourth thing is to prayer. And that was what we talked about last week. So I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. But again, I want you guys to pay attention and notice that when you skip down to the 46th verse of Acts chapter 2, it says that they continued in one heart or they gathered together in, in one, one heart and mind in the temple. So where at? At church, in the temple, and then where? And the next place is from house to house. And so we believe so deeply that there should not just be one weekly gathering of, of the corporate body together on Sunday morning, that there should be other smaller gather groups, if you will, right? So you can call them whatever you want to, small groups, life groups, home groups, but they all are, are centralized around this thought that we are meant to meet together from house to house. Can somebody help me out there? Where, where are we doing it? From house to house. Okay, so the reason that we do gather groups is because I believe that that's what the Bible is commanding us to do. Can you guys get on board with that? Is that okay? I know, that, I know that it's not always the most comfortable to go to somebody else's house, and it's not always the most comfortable to, to open up and tell everybody about your life and your problems and, and your messes and your mistakes or to, you know, to hear about how other people are always celebrating these great victories and they always have testimonies, and you're like, when am I actually going to get a praise report? But, but listen... We, we, this is something that we're meant to do together. And so I just really encourage you, before I even get to the end of the message, get invested and get, be a part of a, of a gather group here at Trinity. Find, find a, a, a group that, that can fit you. We've got, we've, got a lot, um, we've got several different groups that are meeting right now. Um, and I'll get to that later on. But um, here again in Acts chapter 5, verse 41 and 42, which I think is so um, beyond coincidental, that in the same two verses, it says almost the exact same thing as three chapters earlier. So uh, if you've got your Bible, we're in, uh, now in uh, the fifth chapter of Acts, verse 41. And, I'll, and I'll, before we dive into this verse, I'll give you a little bit of uh, context as to what was going on here. Because the disciples, uh, the apostles, have just been let go or, or freed from uh, prison because... Um, Gamaliel, who was a highly respected teacher of the law, in fact, probably one of the most esteemed teachers, uh, he questioned, he said, we may or may not be going against God himself, so why don't we let these guys go because we can't seem to stop them, and if we can't seem to stop them, then this might be something that we don't want to stop, which I think is just so miraculous, and uh, for, the, for all of my historians or, and Bible studiers, Gamaliel was also the um, teacher of Saul. Yeah, so um, really interesting fact there that he's, he's noted here about um, releasing the apostles who actually ended up being the ones who prayed for those who persecuted them. You know how the Bible says to pray for those who persecute you? So they were the ones that were praying for Saul, and that's why I'm convinced in my mind from where I sit and stand that that's the reason Jesus met Saul on the road to Damascus is because they were praying so fervently for the one who persecuted and imprisoned and, and killed Christians. Come on, there's, there's, there's a story there to be said about praying for those who you don't like, who are persecuting you, who are getting on your nerves, who you don't agree with. Come on, there's something to be said about praying for other people, but I told you I'm not going to talk about that. So, so they, they get, they, uh, so they don't just release them without some torture first. They flog them, which I don't really even know what that means, but it sounds, yeah, like a beating. That's basically what I, I, Whipped, yeah, thank you. So um, they, they whip them, they flog them, they beat them, they mess them up, and they command them, which I think is just so hilarious, to not preach and teach in the name of Jesus. But what do they do? Verse 41, we jump into the story here, and it says, So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They were persecuted, and they rejoiced. <clears throat> That was your moment to shout. <laughs> Hello. Come on now. If you're going through a trial, 
Come on. If you got some heat on your backside, come on. If things aren't going the way that you thought they were supposed to be going, if, if you're not where you expected that you thought you were going to be and, and, and all the pieces aren't fitting together, let me tell you a little secret. Just rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Come on. You just got to give him thanks. Not, not, for, not for everything that's coming against you, but for the opportunity for your faith to be tested. Come on, it's the testing your faith. What's to produce character and patience so you, you're not going to be lacking in anything. So anyways, they, they leave from that, that place rejoicing. And then, and then here again, this is the place that I want you to underline or emphasize again. In the temple and from where? House to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Clearly, they did not follow commands so well. And uh, for anybody in who who is a lawbreaker and a rule breaker, um, this is definitely one that you are permitted to break. If somebody tells you, um, well, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go any further than that. But I will say this: don't. And this is something I learned from Pastor. When you're on the job and somebody else has hired you to work for them, don't just spend all your time yapping. Work, be a good laborer. And you, you, you're thinking, well, I'm witnessing Jesus to them. The time is not for you to witness when you're on the clock for somebody else. You're being a bad representation of, for Jesus. I'm just letting you know, um, the, one of the best witnesses for you to, to be a follower of Jesus is to do your best, to give your all, to go all in. Come on, tell your neighbor, go all in. So... Um, Go all in. Let's, um, let's talk about gather groups, going all in to, together as, as a group of people, because we're not called to go alone. If, you, if you're looking for, for some one-liners, um, that's definitely one. You're not, you're not called to go, go alone. God, God has not called you to do life alone. And I, I, don't know, I don't know what pieces of your life that you feel like are shattered or what pieces that you feel like are like you're trying to hold on to everything as tightly as you can, but you, things keep falling through the cracks. One of, the, one of the best and most helpful ways for you to um, cope through the different th- things that life presents you with is to go through life with people that, that care about you, with people that, that believe and agree with, with you, the same things, you know, maybe not with everything across the board. Because certainly, you know, gather groups, when we come together and there are multiple people who come from multiple different backgrounds and ethnicities and, and cultures and, you know, uh, different um, financial uh, statuses, uh, there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be things that we disagree on. But there's one thing that we can agree on, and that's Jesus is Lord. That, that because of Jesus, we have been baptized into one family. And so you, because of his name, because of that name, because of his sacrifice, you belong. And if you're taking notes, uh, something I mentioned last week, or I meant to at least, was that it's this, that you belong before you behave. Gather groups are meant to be a place that you can do life together with other people who maybe don't behave the same as you, who maybe don't have the same behavior or same language, or maybe they, maybe they have some different beliefs than you do. And it maybe doesn't all line up with what the Bible has to say. But here's what we can see from Jesus' model in his life, is that he he brought people into his life, right? He took the disciples and he said, I, you can be my follower before you behave like I do, before you believe like I do, before you agree that I am the son of God, you can still be my disciple. And, and, and being a, a part of a gather group and doing gather groups is not just this place where, where we do life together, but it's, it's so much more than that as it is a place to be discipled and to make disciples. It's a place for you to, to understand what the Word of God says by biblical teaching, and it's a, it's a place for you to belong even if you don't understand. And so I just want to encourage you that maybe you're afraid to, to jump in. Maybe, you're, maybe you put your foot in the water and, and it felt cold because you didn't like what they had to say or you didn't feel like they, they thought what you had to say was important. But that's... It's a, a reality that you're going to have to face. Because even the disciples, as godly and amazing as they were, bickered, they quarreled, they, 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 there was a fence that took place. And Jesus said to him, he said, listen, it's impossible that offense is not going to come. But that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm telling you to not love one another. See, the, the truth of the matter is that we're, we're called to love people even when they are difficult even when they are far away from Christ. And so gather groups are not just a place for, for um, a little groupie and book club and, and, you know, we're devoted, we're holy. 
It's not just a place for people who are consecrated and have everything figured out together, have everything figured out and all their lives together. It's a place for, for everybody uh, like fishermen, ugly, smelly, or maybe not ugly, but smelly and, and dirty and, you know, cast down, rejected. How about tax collectors? Maybe you're in here and you feel like the pieces of your life are not fitting together and you're thinking, you know what, can I still be accepted in a gather group when everybody else has rejected me? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can belong, even if you don't understand, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you have questions. Please, the more questions, the better. Let's, let's ask questions together. Let's, let's go through life together because that's the model of Jesus. When you look at the Gospels, this is the story that's presented to us, that Jesus takes people who were unlikely, who were common, who weren't supposed to be part of the club, and he said, you can fit in with me. You belong with me. I love you even though you are still my enemy. Remember, Jesus hadn't even died for them, but he chose to show them his grace, his goodness. Come on, the love of God. The love of God on display. He's a greater love as this than a man would lay down his life for his friends. And he did that for Judas. He never turned his back on him. For all the people who are thinking about betraying somebody or who have ever been betrayed and you don't want to forgive them. Listen, the Bible teaches us about love, that it's unconditional, that it's, it's reckless, that it doesn't make sense. And this is, this is the love that Jesus modeled for us and said, now you go and do the same. Tell your neighbor, do the same. Come on, we got to love other people. We got to do the same. And, and so what I hope you're beginning to see is that, that gather groups are, are an opportunity for you to get offended. But gather groups are also an opportunity for you to get healed too. Come on, can I, can I say that one more time? Gather groups are not just a place for you to get offended because it's, it's going to happen, okay? I know that you didn't, wanna, you didn't come to church and that's not what you wanted to hear this morning, that, oh, if I join a gather group, I'm going to get offended. But listen, the truth of the matter is that people, me and you, don't, please, this is not a time to elbow your neighbor because you and I are just as guilty of this as anybody. We do things that are not nice sometimes. I know you're thinking like, me? I would never but the truth of the matter is, is that we're not Jesus. We're not God. We're imperfect people, and we're, we're messy, and we make mistakes. And so gather groups are not just a place where you, you are going to get offended, but it's also a place where you can get healed from, from offense. It's also a place where, where people can say, hey, um, I noticed something in your life that I feel like is maybe causing some damage to, you know, your marriage or to your finances or to, to you know, your, your career. And, you know, I, I feel like you're kind of being selfish. And you're like, you know what? It's funny because I noticed some things about your life, too. And so it's like, oh, how dare they have something to say about me? No, it's an opportunity to grow together. This is what gather groups are meant to do. It's a place for a conversation to take place now between you and other people. You see how last week we talked about conversation between you and the Father? Now we're talking about conversation and relationship between you and other people. Because the truth of the matter is that once we begin to live this life of being a follower of Jesus, and we live from that position of a relationship with a Father, now we are introduced and invited to live in relationship with other believers. And again, Jesus is our model. Jesus is our example. And I don't know what you're thinking, but that's hard. I don't want to do it. Well, suck it up. Get over it. Because the truth of the matter is this, is that you have something to offer that I just, I simply don't. You, you have something to offer that I don't. What you can bring to the table, your grace your goodness, your perspective, your point of view is something that I don't see. And that's a, the same can be said for every single person in this room, that, that you as a piece, as a part of, of this body of believers is so invaluable because you, you can do what I can't and vice versa, I can do what you can't. So do you see my, my, the the purpose and my point in saying that gather groups are not just an opportunity for you to get offended, but also to a place to get healed. Because what you can do, I can't. Something that came to, came to light when I was looking at this was the fact of the matter that what gather groups help us do is answer the age-old question of do I matter? What I believe took place 
before Jesus ever showed up on the scene is that fishermen and tax collectors and these, these brothers named Thun, Sons of Thunder were asking this question as to, am I, is there really more to life than this? Am, am I, is this really all I'm destined for? Am I, am I really here on purpose, with a purpose? Do, do I really, is, is, there, is there meaning to what I'm doing? Is, um, does my voice matter? Do, because I, I, I believe, and whether or not you've ever faced this man or woman in the mirror, I believe that within each and every single one of our hearts is this, this cry, this question, does my voice matter? Is my voice important? Do, does what I have to say bring value to, to the body? And I, and I don't just want to present you with that question, but I want to also give you the answer because, because it's, it's yes. The answer, the answer to all those questions is yes because Jesus showed up on the scene and he said, he said you matter, you matter, you matter. You, you could be my follower. You're, you're dirty. You're, you're a sinner. You're, you know, you're... Um, dejected, you're cast out, you're, you're normal or common. And he's, he's saying that <laughs> I'm just going to turn the piano back on. Watch this. Magic. Boom. That was actually her, not me. I didn't even turn it on. Jesus shows up on the scene and he takes people who were rejected and cast out, not only from the enemy, but also by their own kind, their own family. If, I, if there's anybody in here who, who knows what it feels like to be rejected, he's, he's talking to you. He's talking to your story today. If there's anybody in here who feels like God can't use me because of my past, I believe that, that, that the story about these sons of thunder, James and John, is, is a message straight from heaven for you saying that, that your voice matters, that you have a part to play in God's plan because there's, there's no, no mistake too, too big. There's no mess too, too messy that God's not willing to step in, that he can't show up on the scene and redeem. Come on, his, his, he is the redeemer. He, is, he brings redemption to all those who call in the name of Jesus. And so all you have to do is believe. All you have to do is, is confess and call in the name of Jesus. Come on. It's that name. It's that name by which we were all saved. And so, so what Jesus does is he shows up on the scene to all these people and he says, hey, let's do life together. These, these young boys who had a history and a reputation, some were older, they had a reputation, they were known by a name, right? You, you, you have a past who calls you, calls you by a different name than the, the, than the truth of what God calls you by your future name. He calls you redeemed. He calls you loved. He calls you accepted. And your past tells a different story. Your, your past calls you by a different name. Your past calls you failures. Your past calls you mistakes. Your past says, says it's holding on to you. It says, you know, you're, you're just going to repeat yourself. You're just going to be a cycle. All you're ever going to be is amount to everything that your parents do. You can't ever break the cycle. You can't. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. That's not the truth. Because what I say is come with me and we're going to do life together. And I'm, going, I'm not just going to call you out of that hell that you came from, that you're living in, the mistakes that you made, that you are making right now, the mess that you're in, that it smells and you look bad and it's ugly and, and, and it doesn't make sense why God would love you and call you, but he does. And he's here right now, still in this moment for each and every single person, no matter how messy or how many mistakes or how many pieces of your life are, are fitting together or aren't fitting together. He's calling to you today. Jesus is calling and he said, let's do life together. Gather groups are a place for you to live in the reality of this while doing life together with other people who have their own messes and their own mistakes and their own failures and their own past and their own history, their own cultural differences than yours. It's okay to be different. You might have noticed that we have this t-shirt that doesn't just say there's always room for one more, but we believe that there is purpose in diversity. Because it's our differences that make us stronger. 
If all your body was, if all you, you were were just feet, you'd be smelly and you'd look weird and you couldn't do anything, you couldn't say anything, you couldn't hold on to other people. But if all you were with were hands, you couldn't take people out of their messes. And if all you were is mouths, then you couldn't ever listen to people's heartaches. Don't you see that it's our differences that make us strong? And that is what God is speaking to our hearts today. I pray that you hear this message by the Holy Spirit. That there is, there is still hope for you. There is still purpose in what you're going through. There's still meaning in your mistakes. Your pain has a purpose. And Jesus is saying, not to you and, uh, uh, from his perspective to just do life together, but to do life together with other believers you recall and recollect, if you've heard much about the Bible, and if you haven't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing about this story of Jesus and the disciples. It's found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But he teaches this over and over again about just showing up and being present, even when you're not perfect. All my fathers in the room, all my mothers, my parents, my, my, my grandparents, all my, all my coworkers, all my all my. Uh, employees, all my employers, all my managers and, and, and risk takers and job owners and, and everybody in between, you are not called to be perfect. You're called to be present, doing life together and being a leader, me as a leader, me leading you, being a pastor of this church. I want to be perfect, but you know what? Mistakes are inevitable. Failure is inevitable. You will fall. You will make mistakes. But you know what? We have, we have a Savior who's perfect for us. And what he says is he said, keep showing up. Keep being present even when you argue, even when you, you, you uh, make them mad, even when you disagree. Keep showing up even when you're offended. <laughs> Come on, be present. So don't get offended. Tell your neighbor, don't get offended. You guys know what offense is, right? You know what offense is? Hey, if you're taking notes and you don't know what offense is, or maybe you think you know what offense is and you have a different um, verbiage or uh, definition than this, I would say that you are wrong because the Bible says that offense is the bait of Satan. It's a trap. What? I thought I was supposed to get offended because they did the wrong thing. They sinned. They said the wrong thing. They, did the wrong, they didn't love me. They didn't pray for me. They didn't show up to my birthday party. No offense is a trap for you to get stuck in while the other person's still running free. My, my, my. Or like mom always used to tell us, offense is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get hurt and die. While deep down inside, because you haven't let go of that bitterness and that hurt and that unforgiveness, come on, it's, it's wrecking your heart is wrecking your insides. All right, I'm going to try and keep her in because I, I got a lot more to say on this. But um, I just think it's so miraculous and so cool that Jesus, he shows up on the scene and he invites people like me and you, sinners, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying that, that once you are saved that you're still a sinner, saved by grace, because you can't be one and the other at the same time. Once you're saved, you're not a sinner anymore. But what I am trying to tell you is that the truth of the matter is that even in our, our good works, they amount to filthiness to God. They amount to just a bunch of a pile of dirt to his, his goodness and his perfection. And, and what Jesus does is he says, I don't care how imperfect or how perfect you are because it, it, none of it makes a, a lick of difference to, to who, who I am and how perfect I am. But what, what I do is this, is I call you accepted even when you're rejected. I call you, I call you beloved even when you're hated. I call, I call you perfected in, in me. I call you made right with me, even when you may not be right with yourself, even when maybe you don't forgive yourself. And I'm telling you guys the truth, that sometimes you just need somebody, somebody that you can tell the truth of the matter of your heart to. Because if, if all you ever do is keep things in secret and in dark, then, then no light and love and, and life can be shed on those topics for you to come out of the darkness. Sometimes it's not the light inside of you that you need shed abroad in your heart. It's the light in somebody else's heart that you need shed abroad inside of you. I, I remember the first time that I ever heard somebody say, hey, I missed you. 
Hey, we missed you. And I thought, you can see me? It just, it changed everything. And so gather groups, this is, this is a place that I, I want to create for people who maybe don't even want to step foot into a church yet, but they can, they can go to a coffee shop. They, they can go get wings. They can, they can go show up to your house because a home is comfortable, but a church to them, all they ever knew from a church is hate, is, is bigotry, is, is selfishness, is pride, jealousy, all these things that, that have issued from the church that we're our own mistake. I'm, I'm not saying that, that, that we're, we've got it all right together because it's just, it is what it is. What we have to do is we've got to make it right now, folks. What we do now is got to say, okay, you know what? Since Jesus left the 99 to go after the one, what I'm going to do is be persistent with the people in my life that are running from God, that say they, they, they say they don't want anything to do with God, they don't believe in him, and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to be good to you despite the fact. You, 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 may, you may curse Christianity, you, you may hate Jews, you may say that, that God isn't real and he doesn't care about you, but I care. I'm going to be the one. In, in gather groups, we need to be the ones that say, I care. If you're taking notes, I think that's probably a good one to write down. And I, and I, love, what, I love what Jesus says, or I love what's said about Jesus. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, God, but God demonstrates his own love to us. His own love toward us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. I didn't even give you a chance to write that, that last note down, did I? I'm sorry. The, the note was, I care. If you're a Christian, this should, this should be written all over your sleeves and all over your, your forehead. You ought to have it tattooed on your back. I'm not telling you to go get a tattoo, for the record. I, what people should know and understand about you is that you care. When the world around them doesn't care about the questions and the heartaches and the problems and mistakes and the rejections and the, and the, and the past and the failure and all of it, you, your story, your life should echo the same thing that Jesus does, that I care about you. And this is what the, the scripture says right here, that while, because God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, and other translations say, and, and while we were still God's enemies, and, and another way, while we were still far away from God, while we still didn't know his goodness toward us, and I'm paraphrasing now, that he loved us and that he sent his son to die for us. And I like what the message translation says. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son, Jesus, in sacrificial death while we were of no use to him whatsoever. Or, or no, uh, I, think, I think there's maybe a, a typing issue there. Grammatical error. While we were no use to God. And you're thinking, why should I care? They're no, of no use to me. Because God cared while you were of no use to him. I'm so serious, guys. We have got to lead the charge in this uh, because of what Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says. If you don't have this highlighted, if you haven't got a revelation of this passage, you need to. Tell your neighbor you need to. Because the truth of the matter is this. It's not just that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, but it's that this paints a picture that it is his Goodness that leads us to repentance. And I didn't give them that scripture, which is why they don't have it up on the screen, but that was Romans chapter two, verse four. And it says that it is God's goodness that leads us to repentance. And telling somebody that you care is showing the goodness of God. I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter um, six or seven. I'm trying to remember exactly where it's at, but it's, he basically says, look, when you pray for those who persecute you and you bless those who, who are against you and you are kind and you are friendly and you just love people despite and regardless of what they look like and how they smell and where they come from and what they dress like or what they don't dress like or what they, they sound like or don't sound like, he's saying you are being just like my father in heaven because he causes the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. He's not a respecter of any persons. Do I have any, any people who want to be like God in here today who say, I want to show goodness? And I'm telling you this, my friends. In the, in the next few couple minutes, as many as it takes, I want to try to dive a little bit deeper into this thought and idea that, that your peace matters, but only from a perspective of being 
pieced together with the other pieces of God's heart because the truth of the matter is that God didn't die for you to live a life alone like I've been, I've been teaching. He sacrificed his life so that we could be born into one family. And if you're taking notes, I, I want you to write that down because this is what it's all about. Jesus in John chapter 17, you've heard more than likely you've heard me quote this passage. But if you don't have a revelation of this scripture, you need to because this story is not about yours or mine individually. It's, it's not even about yours and mine together. This story, this, this message about pieces and about gathering together is a, is a, is a, a picture that needs to be put together but can only take place when we get out of ourselves. In John chapter 17, one of the few prayers actually recorded in the Bible, while Jesus walked on the earth, talks about how Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the place of crushing literally is what that means, the crushing of his will. And what is uncovered here in this, this passage is, is this. And this is the message version, so it's a paraphrase. But he says this in John chapter 17, verse 20, that I'm praying not only for them, my disciples is who he's talking about, but also for those who will believe. So he was praying for you and I on this day, 2000 and some 19, 2019 years ago, right? He's praying for you and I who would believe in him because of of. Us and our witness, our testimony about Jesus Christ as the Son of God being sacrificed and raised to life. And he said, this is the goal for them, Father, to become, somebody help me out. What's that word? One. Together, together, one heart and one mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So they might be what? One, one heart and mind. I think we need, we need to try that out one more time. They need to, they, so that. They might be what? One. One. The goal for you and me is to do life together with other believers all around the world. He said this. He said, when we become one, he said, the world might believe that you, Father God, Abba Father, actually sent me, which testifies to the truth that Jesus wasn't just a good man, that he wasn't just a prophet, but that he was actually the Son of God. When we testify to this truth, to this fact that our life is not important on its own, but it's important as we gather together under one nine, we are testifying to the truth. We are telling a story that Jesus Christ is Lord because he is the one and only Son of God. If you would um, bow your heads, I want to pray with you guys as we get ready to dismiss. I feel like there are a lot of us who are in here who are battling with this question. Well, I guess I'm not going to pray quite yet, but so you can open your eyes and look back at me. Sorry, I'm still kind of new to this thing. I feel like there are a lot of us in here who are battling with this question as to how can I fit together with other people? I am closing. We, I, I, we are getting ready to pray. But um, I just, I just want to encourage you that, that no matter where you are at life, man, sign up for being a part of us together and, and learn what value you can bring to the table with us together because the truth of the matter is this, is that your peace matters. I just really quickly, I want to tell you this story about how in Acts chapter 2, and I was debating on whether or not telling this story, so I, I, I didn't include this, this scripture, but in Acts chapter 2, there are people from all over the region who are gathered together for this event that, like I said, I didn't plan on including this, so I don't even remember. But it, he says this, that um, I believe, yeah, here it is, verse 9, uh, verse 8. It says, how is this that we, and so when you read we, um, there's 
first nine Parthians, people from Midas, Elamites, uh, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the other parts of Libya, joining with uh, Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews, and, and proselytes, Cretans, and Arabs. We all hear them speaking in our own tongue and language. And what ends up happening is, like I was telling you at the beginning, is that 3,000, the, all these people from all these different regions were all added to the body of Christ that day. They were, they were baptized under one name, and what, what they did end up doing was life together, that Jesus came and modeled. You guys can come. Yeah, please. Um, what they ended up doing was copying what Jesus modeled. Jesus modeled for you and I to do life together by inviting other people into his circle who, who didn't necessarily behave, but he said, you belong. He invited people into his circle who, who were messy. He invited people into his circle who made mistakes, and he said, this is how I want you to do life. Love one another. Would you stand on your feet this morning? Love one another. Love one another. Father, as we come to you in the name of Jesus, we, we know your command. We hear your command, but God, we need your help. Come on, who in here would say that they need help to love other people this morning? Come on, just by a raise of hands. And if you're raising your hands right now to say, I need help loving other people, keep them lifted. Because this is how we receive help. We surrender to the Father. We surrender to the Holy Spirit. And we say, I, I accept the fact that I'm not good enough, that I can't do this on my own. And I'm asking you for help. So I'm just going to pray over each and every single person who would say, I need help to love other people. Father, I lift up your, your children, your people, God the people that you, you, you thought about and cared for before the very foundations of the world. You, you wrote about our lives because I too, I need help to love other people. I need help to get past uh, their mistakes and mine. God, I need, past, I need help to get past offense and unforgiveness. Come on. Amen. God, we need help. We need your help. And so Father, I pray by your spirit, that you would strengthen us on the inside of us by your spirit indwelling us. That it's not a thing that we try to do in our own strength, but God, that we submit in brotherly or uh, affectionate and family type of love to each other, accepting the fact, not rejecting each other, but accepting the fact that we don't have it all together. And you can put your hands down. If you just stay standing with me for, for uh, just a few minutes, uh, feel free to just kind of sway or move around if you need to, or even sit back down if you want, that's fine. But I want to talk to you guys, if you would, um, with nobody looking around and, and um, even every, every head bowed and eyes closed, just kind of every, every heart focused and, and turned attention on Jesus to, to this. That there, I believe that there is maybe uh, one or two or some of you that are in here or maybe listening to me on the podcast later on or online right now who would say, you know what? I don't, not really sure, Andrew. You're, you're talking about living this life together with other believers, but I'm not even sure if I would call myself a believer or a follower of Christ. And what I, and, and the option here is really simple. You can either trust God with today and forever right now or you can wait. But what I want you to know, my friend, is this, is that God, for God so loved the world, he thought about you, and he sent Jesus to die for your life. So what I want to do is I want to ask you today if you want to decide to be a follower of Jesus because he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And if, if that's you, or maybe you'd say that, you know what, Andrew, Today, I, I want to become a follower of Jesus again because I realize that, that my actions, my life is, has not displayed the kindness and the goodness of God. I, I used to follow Jesus at one point, but now I, I, I can't say that I, I follow him. If, if, that's, if either one of those is you, and again, no, nobody looking around, every, every head bowed and eyes closed. If you would say that, that today I, I want to choose to be a follower of Christ again, or today I want to follow him for the first time, would you do this? Would you lift up your hand when I count to three? One, you're saying, I'm repenting. I'm choosing to follow Jesus. I'm not going to follow my own way, but I'm going to follow this way of, of giving and, and not, 
not being selfish. And two, you're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm surrendering my will. I'm giving up this, this idea of doing life on my own. And three, I'm saying I'm going all in. If that's you, you got your hand lifted up right now. If you, I see that hand. Thank you. You can put that down. If you're online, if you, if you want to raise your hand, can you just, can you just uh, comment on there? Can you connect with us? Can you shoot us a message? We want to connect with you. We want to pray for you. Is there anybody else in here who would say, I want to go all in. I want to be a follower of Jesus today. I never want to look back. I just want to give one more moment for, for that other heart who say, I want to surrender, surrender all. There's a song that says, I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Jesus. And that's our heart. That's our cry. For, for those of us who are believers, you can, you can open up your hands and look back up at me. But what I want to encourage you to do, we're going to pray a prayer together today uh, before we get ready to uh, do one other thing, and then we're going to dismiss. What I want to encourage you to do today is like I'm about, this person's about to do for the first time, or persons. I believe that there's multiple people because I only saw one hand raised, but I believe there's somebody else here who says, I want to go all in. So we're all going to pray a prayer as a family. And if you pray this prayer for the first time, or if you pray this prayer and you said, I'm recommitting to decide to go all in, I need you to grab that blue card out of your seat back. We talked about the white card earlier. But if you're deciding to pray this prayer for the first time, or, or again, to recommit your life, I need you to Fill that card in. I need to connect with you. We need to come to a place together of agreement where you decide, you say, I'm not turning back to my old ways anymore. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray together. So, so uh, as a family, you guys just repeat after me. We're going to pray this prayer where we surrender all to Jesus. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I accept that I'm not good enough on my own. I'm not good enough on my own. But because of the blood of Jesus, because of your sacrifice, Jesus, you make me worthy. So right now I repent. I change my way of following my way to follow your way. And I choose to believe in my heart that Jesus, you are Lord. And I confess the same with my mouth. And the Bible teaches us that to all who believe and to all who call on the name, they would be saved. Come on, can we give God some praise in this house? Hallelujah. Come on, all of heaven rejoices even over one salvation. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Because God saw you on the cross and he said, your life is worth it. Because I don't want you to go through life alone. I want to do life together with you, my friend and my family. Let's welcome them to the family one more time. Can we thank God for the life, for this, for what he did on the cross? That we could, there could always be room for one more. There's always room for one more. Come on, tell your neighbor, there's always room for one more. Come on, I'm so excited for family. I'm so excited for what God's doing in this house. And I believe that, that we could just take a couple of seconds to, to play through this chorus. I don't know. I, I think they have a song you guys wanted to play. Can we just worship God for just a few moments? And then we're going we're gonna, to uh, pray. So can I get all my students down here that got prayed over earlier?